great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. Sir. We will you don't have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just after Ooh, ran down. Everybody, amazing! I'm not gonna remember any of it. That's good. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other great host of this show, Nick. And Nick, gotten some updates on Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Baron Donald. The draft is about three weeks away, roughly. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? Oh, I'm good. You know, I'm full. Uh, I'm full baseball, Nick. Now, you know, I'm working on my pitcher's hair coming out the back of my cap. I got my Dodgers hat <laughs> that I finally curled down a little bit. Uh, I'm good. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to talk some football, though. I got my. I can see you shagging some pop flies in the outfield. You got your Ramsey mug. You know, you play a little defensive back. I saw you play defensive back on the SoFi field. Nicky's got some skills. Don't doubt his athleticism. Yeah, when are we going? I don't know. I don't think anybody was. Um, when are we uh, <laughs> When are we going back to SoFi? <laughs> I uh, will go back whenever you'd like. I would like to go back this year, uh, definitely for the Eagles game, because I know we have some, some family that I'm sure is going to want to travel out from Philadelphia over to, to Los Angeles to go check that out. I know the Rams play the Giants. In Jersey, it's not technically SoFi Stadium, but I'm just trying to map out a couple of times. So I'm going to go see them this year. Um, but yes, time is coming to SoFi. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe when they drop the new yellow uniforms, you come out here. We'll do another tour and have a good time, play some golf. Hey, if they set it up, they set it up the same way that they set up WrestleMania. You put Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, and Matthew Stafford on the grand stage and do the jersey reveal that way. It would be great. WrestleMania. You get Snoop Dogg and Pat McAfee. Oh, roll them all out. No. There's nothing more I despise than I'm when I'm listening to my sports podcast and they start talking about WrestleMania as if it's yeah. like one of the main sports. And I'm like, what are we doing, The Ringer? Why are we talking about WWE? It, that's, it, it's that's, an that's funny. I was listening to The Ringer today. I was listening to some of their mock draft podcasts. And yeah, they do go off. They go, they go off base a little bit. They kind of set the expectation that a podcast is supposed to completely go off the rails and you could say whatever the hell you want. Which is great. I love that when it, for my listening. But yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily the direction we're trying to take the podcast. But all good. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. got their own little mojo. Um, Nick, as this uh, the last couple of weeks have unfolded, we've kind of been gradually, slowly getting some news on Matthew Stafford, on Aaron Donald, on Cooper Cup, on their rehabilitation, specifically on Donald and Cooper Cup. But Matthew Stafford specifically, I thought this was really interesting because McVay was just on Sirius XM. Not sure if he was talking to the Los Angeles uh, ESPN radio station or whatnot, but I know that this article came out earlier this morning from Cam De Silva um, from USA Today. So there was Matthew Stafford. He was um, he's been throwing as of recent. Like it already feels like this offseason is is thank God. drastically yeah, thank God, drastically different from this time last season. You know, there were question marks surrounding his elbow, the health. Whether it was, you know, he had pitcher's elbow, what's the term? Tommy, he needed Tommy John surgery within his elbow. That was all controversy. Um, he wasn't throwing at all during OTAs and minicamp. So McVay said that it was really the first time in a long time that he's had a full offseason where he's actually felt good 
he suffered that spinal uh, cord contusion last year, and he was placed in concussion protocol twice. So I think I would just be thankful over the fact that I have a starting quarterback that has the look in his eye once again. And I felt like we all heard that news break once we heard Matthew Stafford go on Kelly Stafford's podcast the next morning after the Super Bowl when the McVeighs were watching the Super Bowl with the Staffords. And we realized that McVeigh and, and, and Stafford were trying to game plan you know, as to next year, we're going to see them in the Super Bowl next year. So it's it's all good news coming from Rams camp in terms of your three core players kind of getting back up to the level they need to be to prepare for the season. Yeah, I mean, we all know it as Rams fans. Stafford can be a menace. You, you give him time in the in, in the pocket. He can even if he doesn't have enough time, he can you know do a little fancy footwork and you know drop like a nice little dime to the running back and get like a nice easy first down. We've seen him in – the Rams have only really seen him like one full season, and he was great that whole year. Yeah. Take out November, and he is the MVP of that season, I think, like without question. I um, entirely agree with you. So to get him back, I mean, last year I think all of us, including the Rams organization, like the people inside the facility and the players – we're just still riding a Super Bowl high. Like, I, I never felt disappointed at any point last year. And no. I don't really think that they did. Maybe towards the end, they started feeling some disappointment. But even McVay being happy that Baker Mayfield came in and win like a, won a Raiders game, like, the whole time it felt like we were playing with house money. The yeah. whole time. And now we're getting to a point where it's like, all right, we are done that. We want to be an LA staple. We want to be here consistently, and we want to, have, you know, be a solid roster and compete. And now I think that Stafford is, you know, back to his throwing ways. I think we can actually get to that point. So just to hear all that, and then you got this great quote from McVeigh on Stafford. If you'd like to like to read that to us, or if you have the yeah. clip, I don't know. Do you have the clip? Yeah, no, it's it's just a really good quote. He, he said that that um, what he's done for such a long period of time, that's what he's done for such a long period of time, is be relentless. He certainly elevates everybody that he's around. I think that it's the first offseason in a long time that he actually feels good. He's able to throw. He's able to kind of start his rhythm and routine a little bit earlier than previous years. He's got a really good look in his eye, and I'm glad he's leading the way for us, McVeigh said, sounding confidently in his quarterback. And it was uh, encouraging, like I mentioned, because he didn't throw it all in OTAs or minicamp, minicamp last year. So perhaps it's uh, going to lead to a much more successful and productive offseason for the 2023 campaign, which I think is incredibly important when you have a quarterback that is of his caliber, that is 12 years experience, that has a Super Bowl championship under his belt. You know, you kind of have to rely on that guy to be able to groom some of your receivers, your tight ends, your offensive line. You know, the center position is so important. The blind side, protecting Matthew Stafford's blind side is so important. And there's going to be some revolving doors and moving pieces in those situations. But I feel like for Matthew Stafford to kind of come back in this, finally have a have a really, really long offseason coming off of the longest season in, in NFL history, as we've talked about. Um, I remember the year in 2020 before he came, he was traded over to the Rams in 2021. He had a UCL tear in his thumb. I think he had something going on with his knee where he had a surgery to repair, clean out something in his knee. So like it's you're constantly kind of gambling with a player that's in his 12th year, um, a player that is as injury prone as Matthew Stafford has been. But it's because his, his body has always been in harm's way throughout the first 10 years of his career in Detroit. Difficult to kind of overcome that to get your ass kicked for 10 years. And then to be able to then come into Los Angeles, be perfectly protected, then get your ass kicked all over again the following season. 
So it's it's been a tough sled for, for Matthew Stafford, and I'm just encouraged to hear that he's back on track. And simultaneously, as we're getting that news, we're seeing Aaron Donald, who had the tightrope surgery on the high ankle sprain, going through ladder drills. And, I mean, I can't net. It does not get old watching Aaron Donald's footwork, whether he's going through ladder drills, you know, he's going, he's running through tires, whatever it may be. It's, it's incredibly fast. It's, it's inhumane for an interior defense alignment of his height, of his weight, of his strength to be able to move that fluently, which is why I fully believe that there will inevitably be an Aaron Donald statue outside of SoFi Stadium one day. Absolutely. I'm Mac, I'm kind of upset that they, that we don't have that like already in, you know, I know right now. Philadelphia or like, as soon as they won the Super Bowl, Budweiser sponsored a, a, yeah. a statue for Nick Foles and um, and for Doug Peterson for the Philly I, Special. I think that's to the ring outside of SoFi. No offense to Eagles fans, and I know this means a lot to, to you all, but you put a statue up of a backup quarterback and then a coach that you fired like a year later and you dumped Foles as quick as you could. And the statue is of, is of Foles like just like talking to Peterson. Like well, not, it's the Philly Philly whisper. Yeah, no, I know, I know what it is, yeah. but still, it's like, <laughs> why not have Foles like catching the ball? Like, wouldn't that be so much cooler? I guess, I guess. I, I just, you know, like, it, like Donald makes so much sense as the lone statue right now outside of SoFi. He's been with the Rams like you know longer than McVay. Sneed, I guess, has been there as long as him too. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah. The only thing would be that there may be some ego in like if if Donald gets a statue and then it's like <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, well where's Pup's statue? Where's McVeigh's statue? Yeah, Where's- no, I'm not I'm not worried about all that yet. I'm just saying that he's such an incredible I've never seen anything like him. And I think that it's if you don't appreciate him now, like you can go back, you can watch highlights, whatever you saw him live over the last ten or so years. But it just like this for whatever reason, this final window, whether it's the next three years where they tried to go rebuild it and try to go win a Super Bowl next year. Like I want to hone in and appreciate Aaron Donald's greatness as much as possible before it's over. So, I mean, just in watching all these little details, all through OTAs, through mini camp, through training camp, whatever it may be, I'm going to just predicate myself on focusing on Aaron Donald. I was watching, I was watching the highlights and I was thinking to myself, how was he, his training and his highlights from last year, how was he thinking about retirement last year? The guy is in crazy shape and, and McVay too. And I think it just speaks on how high everybody was from the Super Bowl win the year before. Cause when you get really high, after you get really high, all you really want to do is go home. You just want to go home and just call it, you know, call it a life. And then when you sober up, the one thing you want to do is get back in your routine and get back to work. Right. And now right. It, it, right. it does feel like they are getting back into the regimen that brought them to that Super Bowl. And not to mention, yeah, the offseason has been a lot longer for them. A lot of them, a lot of the, the three pillars now, which are Stafford, um, Cup, and Donald, all were able to rest longer than, than, than the actual offseason. So. Very, very good things. Very, very much of importance in terms of getting your quarterback healthy, because if this is what you're going to be overly reliant on over the next season, you're going to ensure in all facets that those three guys are of perfect health leading into the offseason programs. One, so that they can lead it, but two, so that they could sustain their health and durability throughout the entire season, because the best ability is always availability. And those three guys are both over the age of 30. Cooper Cup's going to be it's exactly the same age as I am. He's going to be 30 in June. 
Aaron Donald, I believe, just turned 30 recently. Matthew Stafford is already 34, 35. That was not me trying to drop in the fact that Cooper Cup and I have the same birthday. That was just me trying to let everybody know. And as a reminder that the, the core is aging. It is something to take into consideration. This is the the next three year window. It is now. Yeah. The time is now. So, and you know, this is has to do with nothing. But I remember thinking it was very special. You had the exact same birthday as Cooper Cup, and I am two days older than Jared Goff. Jared's so, the four twelfth or fourteenth of October. You're, I think, I think you're a week older. I think he's the ninth. Is he not the ninth? Well, he's like know. right there. I'm like right there with him. And I remember just thinking, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is me and Dean if we were more athletic. <laughs> Except if, I was always the receiver. If only. Yeah. yeah, I guess. I, but yeah, I could have played a little receiver too. I had great hands. Great, 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 great hands. Yeah, you know, I know a lot of you are doubting Dean's athletic ability out there. Every all of all of our fans are doubting Dean's athletic ability, but he's kind of strong. He can probably bench one thirty-five. Yeah, reverse those numbers, and you got it correct. Um, Yeah, so that that as we're kind of evolving on the uh, talking through the core, the big board. Obviously, we talked to the big board in the last episode. We had a hell of a lot of fun. I think there's like ten people now, ten fans that have access to the big board. I want to encourage you guys, if you want to make entries, feel free to. Don't just don't feel like you just have to look at it and wait for us just to don't update everything. Just don't, yeah. don't worry. I saved the second version of it. So if anybody goes in and just wants to hit the delete button because they hate us, that's fine. I have a backup. Um, no, but we want you, we want to see your guys' entries. If you feel like there's a player that th- that would fit the Rams' scheme, whether it's offensive, whether it's defensive, whether it's special teams, and you could feel you feel like you could fit them within our big board somewhere, highlight it, um, mark it you know, sign it off so that it's your name on there. And, um, you know, we can keep this big board going all throughout the off season because it's, it's, or all throughout the next three weeks, because it's been a hell of a lot of fun. Call so me Nick- Snuffleupagus because I love this big board. <laughs> the big, <laughs> the big bird, the big board, whatever it is that you want to call it. I'm open for it. Let me see if I could do this correctly because I'm trying to share my screen. Here we go. Okay. The big boards back up, Nick, all the players that are highlighted within the big board, are all players that the Rams have met with the exception of these two players, Matthew Hemsborough and Harrison Mevis. You guys may not have ever heard of before, but we're going to talk about them in this episode. So the guys that we've highlighted so far that are newcomers to the big board are, let's see, here we go. Uh, Adet Tamiwa Adibaware. Um, he's the first one. We have an edge rusher. Um, from Northwestern. He could be one that rises all the way to the top of the big board, just based on some of the research I've done recently. Didn't watch him a ton in college, but after kind of doing a little bit of digging on him, uh, he could be one that ends up at the very, very top of the draft board. There's also Payne Duram. There's Aiden O'Connell, Jake Bobo, Elijah Green, Anthony Kendall, Matthew Hemsborough, Harrison Mevis, and BT Potter. Last two guys are kickers. So hang with us on those two. But I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this all shuffles. I have I added a, a final column here on the right-hand side that says rising or falling just based on the stock over the last couple of weeks. If we feel like players are falling from the, the slated position where they're set to being drafted, if players are rising due to certain characteristics, whether it's a pro day, whether it's an interview, whether it's intangible size, whatever it may be, and they're climbing all the way to the top, we will adjust accordingly. So Nick, I wanted to go over the first guy that's on this list because he is extraordinarily interesting. Adet Tamiwa is um, about as experienced in any position in terms of the defensive line that you could be experienced in. I believe he's a senior. Um, 
He has experience rushing for multiple alignments. He's absolutely crazy, crazy athletic. He's a bit shorter than some of the other prospects, but I don't, you know, he, he definitely has one of those um, bigger bases. He's heavier in the ass. He's a Jeff Fisher guy, and he wore number 99 in college. He played both interior, defense line, and edge, but it doesn't really matter where he plays because he's fully capable of playing wherever the hell you want him to play. 4.49 40-yard dash as an edge rusher, but could also play interior defense line is pretty ridiculous. Um, rare, rare explosiveness. He's super twitchy, and he uses that long arm stab motion to stun his opponents, similar to how Aaron Donald does it very well. He could very easily climb to the very top of our big board, as I mentioned. And uh, we now, now that we know that the Rams have officially met with him, I just don't think that he's going to be there at 36. I think he's way too versatile as a talent to be able to fall all the way down to 36. But Nick, our points here stand. The first one, two, three, four, five names on our big board are all five guys that I think we'd be very happy with ending up with. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of the, the thought process of this example is like, let's try to, to log jam as many of those late round first, early round second guys onto this first portion of the big board so that we can give you guys an idea of how many players we feel like the Rams could be looking at, or just if it doesn't fall as it, as they may want it to, there's a couple of players on this list that they could probably pick up and, and do some really good things with. So, yeah. And you know, I, I don't think they're against um, trading up like two or three spots um, based on just, you know, their history and how they uh, deal with the draft. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's somebody that ha has stood out um, on multiple teams. It seems like a lot of people are meeting with him. Um, it would be, I, out of all the people we have in that top tier, I think he's one of the more likely to still be hanging around, honestly. And I know you think he won't, he'll be gone by 36, but this would be an instant fit to the D. I think so. I mean, you could you talk about somebody that's a complete hybrid player. You want yeah. him to move inside. You want him to to rush around the edge. He could play three tech with Aaron Donald. You could train there. He could train on the outside with some of the inexperienced edge rushes and try to earn time there, whichever is a better fit. I think you really kind of want positional versatility, especially when you're kind of going to draft best player available in this situation. So somebody like uh, Adet Tamiwa would be somebody that – to me, is versatile enough to justify drafting at 36. Same way that uh, Keely Ringo is, same way that Kalijah Kansi is, right? So, and this guy is a little bit, like I mentioned, he's bigger in the ass. He's not a basketball player that looks like he's trying to be a football player. Like some of these other top edge rushers, Will McDonald's a little bit thin. Uh, FAU is a little bit thin too at the top of our list. So, um, you know, I have some faith that if, if he falls into the right position, that would be somebody that the Rams are highly coveting, plus they've already met with him. So, a good starting point for a I still have my fingers crossed on Ringo, but should we go to uh, uh, Payne Duran? Yeah, for go for it. Um, I mean, the kid who has really impressive ball skills and can catch in traffic, really like him because he's just a classic uh, tight end who can play on the line of scrimmage and a really strong senior ball. Uh, helped his draft stock. I think he's 6'5, 257, and 12 of his 14 TDs over the last two years have come in. The red zone, only uh, tight ends with more in this upcoming draft are Brock uh, Bowers, Mike Mayer, and Dalton Kincaid. Um, and yet, I, we've talked about the tight end position pretty relentlessly throughout this offseason because both of us feel as if Tyler Higbee is going to walk and Hunter Long is going to be kind of hidden in the depth, depth chart. So 
to see them get somebody, you know, on the offense this high, still a, a little scary, but, you know, you have to look at what McVay and Snead have done in the past, and you have to use that to think about where they're going to draft a tight end. Yeah. I mean, you're entirely right. Yeah, you're entirely right. Like, that's why we have Darnell Washington at the, at the top in that top tier. But like Payne Durham, somebody like Tucker Craft who could fall or could rise, right? It depends on, on his draft status over the next couple of weeks. But, you know, I, I like the idea of being able to draft a tight end in the fifth round, somebody that's slated to go mid-fourth, early fourth, that falls all the way down to early fifth for whatever reason because teams have already checked off their tight end needs. Whichever guy that is, Nick, whether it's Luke Schoonmaker, whether it's Tucker Craft, whether it's Payne Durham, um, if any of those three guys fall into the, the fifth round, like that's all an easy draft choice for me, but it's way, way overly aggressive if they were to take him within the second round or the third round. Right. So those are some guys that like, it's kind of like a, you're, you're going both ways because you're not deprioritizing the tight end position, but you're also taking into account that, yeah, maybe Bryson Hopkins probably isn't the, the next piece at tight end for Tyler Higby. You know, maybe that there's, um, once Tyler Higby's gone next year, because the out in his, his contract's up for next year. So maybe you're trying to think like, okay, if I if I bring this player in, is he a better option than Bryson Hopkins? But you're still addressing that need without having to prioritize it at the very top of your draft is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, the, the, so there's Payne Duram. And then those are the two guys that we feel like are in the top two, three, four rounds. Um, then there's Aiden O'Connell, which quarterback – War number 16, uh, if you're rating quarterbacks within this draft, you know, he may be number seven, he may be number eight, but Aiden O'Connell, he's he's a guy that nobody ever believed um, that he would do as much as he did with that team to get them to the Big Ten championship game. Um, a really, really impressive run that he went on. Uh, if I mean, he's probably behind Max Dugar or Max Dugan and, and DTR. Um, like, I'd still favor my boy Jaron Hall over Aiden O'Connell, I think from BYU, but Aiden O'Connell from Purdue, I think um, like he's certainly going to draw some late round interest across the league. He didn't qualify for an RAS score due to some of the lack of his, of his measurements, but he made up for it in his pro day, right? Um, yeah. He's thrown to Payne Duram. He's thrown in the red zone. He's, he's pretty accurate. So it's not somebody that you want to kind of go against. It's somebody that if he falls to you late, late in the draft, he might be worth taking a flyer on mentioned. He's number 16 also. So Perkins, if he sticks around, might have to fight to keep his number. But I know that we all love the highly coveted number 16. So one of these guys, these quarterbacks, are going to fall and potentially be the Mr. Irrelevant for the Rams. It's just a matter of who it's going to be. So Yeah. And, you know, this isn't – personally, it's not – this isn't somebody that stood out to me. Um, I know you kind of, you know, have talked me into it. Um, but, I mean, as somebody that – he just feels a little – Inexperience. I, I I watched a good amount of Purdue last year, and I you know I wasn't you know truly uh, you know over the top impressed. So. You aren't truly a boilermaker. No. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know what it is with these Rams backup quarterbacks, but I seem to just have grudges with every single one. So potentially, this is the one that that they actually get for that exact reason. I mean, between Jaron Hall, Jake Hayner, Stenson Bennett, and Aiden O'Connell, like those are probably quarterbacks 8, 9, 10, and 11 within this draft. 
So if you're yeah. trying to sh- if you're trying to shoot higher with you can go for a Hendon Hooker like uh, Will Levis is going to be the fourth quarterback in this draft that goes whether he goes to the Raiders in mid first round but obviously there's a connection between Will Levis and and Liam Cohn from Kentucky running similar style offenses like who the hell knows if they move up in the draft and they go get Will Levis this whole exercise <laughs> totally goes out the window I just I don't feel really like they're going to do that I really yeah. don't want them to do that I don't think so either but if McVeigh met with Will Levis and he feels like that's the future of his organization, then yeah, sure. I'm not going to be the one that, that throws a rock in it. I just don't think that's the direction that they're going to go in. I think it's going to be somebody like Aiden O'Connell. I think it's going to be somebody like Jaron Hall that you can groom and develop and it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt your cap. It's going to cost you nothing. It's just, you know, extra time after practice, spending it with the young kid. Yeah. So just running this by and, and, you know, McVeigh's need, they, they got a plan and their plan team yep. tends to work out, but so, so you get this kid, Will Levis, you, you trade out for him, potentially the fourth best quarterback in the draft. Um, you go up and you grab him. Mm-hmm. And now you still have three years left on the Stafford contract. So he's sitting for two, unless something horrible happens to Stafford, which we don't definitely, want. Right. Definitely sitting yeah. for two years. Yeah, because because you're still paying him. And then by the time he's like out there, you may have to get him like a like a bit more of a contract because he's not going to be able to be sit on his rookie deal anymore. So I don't I, I I just think right now, unless you think this kid is just special talent, but I don't. No. Yeah, I don't either. I, no. I I really don't either. So I really hope they don't do that. And I really also hope they don't get uh O'Connell. At, yeah, yeah. I mean, like high. I don't want them to get him high. I want them to fill more defensive holes first. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about the boo boo in the room? Yeah, yeah. I would talk about Bobo, boo boo, Jake, boo boo, um, Bobo, um, probably Bobo. Yeah. yeah, it's it's but it's interesting. Like the quarterback position, like C.J. Stroud might be bona fide best player in the draft. Anthony Richardson is is a bona fide freak of nature. I've never seen anything quite like him. But then I, I feel like there's a pretty severe drop-off at the quarterback position. But then you look at, at wide receivers, you can go to all the way down to DTR, right, at, at number seven or number eight in terms of quarterback rankings, and you look to see how that applied to Jake Bobo. So, I mean, this is a guy that I really like late, especially if the Rams decide that they want to try to continue to carve out that hybrid in-line tight end that it can also play a little bit outside, could also play a little bit in slot when the Rams go into panic and go in empty. Uh, he's six foot five. He's 225 pounds. He's got good feet. He's a good route runner. Um, he's able to run after the catch. Uh, don't call me crazy, but it reminds me a little bit of Benny Skronik. Um, he'll, he'll be a guy that if he gets drafted, that everybody's going to want him to make the roster, despite there being a literal log jam at receiver. I really want there to be just one draft where we don't draft three receivers, two receivers, and then create this, create this ridiculous controversy throughout the, the preseason. Where This is the one. This is the, the highest, one where yeah. it's – it's just I I cannot see a world where that makes sense right now. I just I totally agree. You totally have agree. to you have to stick with Van Jefferson. You have to stick with um who, who's the guy from the Bear? Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. Ben yeah, Schell. Like, yep. If you don't trade him, you have to stick with him. You cannot be going out there and getting more talent. You just yeah, can't. I know the conversations are still surrounding Odell Beckham Jr. It's like right. it's too much at the receiver position. We already are paying receivers more than anybody else in the entire NFL. So it's like enough, enough already. Although this is it would be a guy that I would still like to take a flyer on. Because it would be a kid that you can kind of keep in your system and develop. But like, what is Lance McCutcheon? 
You know, like that's that's what I thought. That's why I don't feel like you need to draft a receiver because you already have one on your roster that's essentially a fresh new draft pick in McCutcheon. So uh, <laughs> it's tough, <laughs> tough. And then there's Elijah Green. Um, we have Anthony Kendall on this list, Matthew Hemsborough or uh, Hemsborough, Harrison Mevis and BT Potter. I'll, we'll go through these guys really, really quick because they're, um, you know, they're, they're late round, potentially undrafted guys. Elijah Green. This, these are all interesting stories. <laughs> since last five. I have to be honest. I had to double check that this number uh, was accurate after I was looking up Elijah Green's uh, statistics as he was the uh, MIAA defensive player of the year, which is division two. He had 21 tackles for a loss, amazing 89 total yards lost and 11 sacks on the season last year. Like, Jesus, that is sixth all time in division two football. Like he's only 5'11", probably 275, clog the gap, eat the cheeseburger, clog the artery. I don't care. He protect is <laughs> protecting McNuggets. Um, that one of the best characters as a spoof is what's it, that dude's name? Terry Crews. Terry Crews in Longest Yard. Yeah, cheese, Cheeseburger Ready. Let's call him that. Let's call him Cheeseburger Ready. Elijah if this, Green. If this guy ends up on the roster, Elijah Green um, would be a fun player to watch. Yeah, he's going to be very much be a developmental player. But Division II scares me, you know? Yeah. Like, I yeah. think of Carson Wentz as the Division Two guy. I think he's a Division One Double A. I think that that SDSU and NDSU are both D One Double A. I think Double A yeah. sounds like might, sounds like the be, traveling no, B team. I, you're actually right. No, you're right because SDSU and NDSU are both Division Two, and I think like the D One Double A schools are like Villanova, and there's like schools Delaware. I think is a D One Double A school. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's tr- it's tricky. But um, there's Elijah Green. We talked about him. Cheeseburger ready. Anthony Kendall. You ever hear of Baldwin Wallace University, Nick? Yeah. Uh, founded by Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Liberal arts-based college in Ohio. <laughs> nice try. Nice try. Um, it's your, this is, I think, your chance. Like within the last couple of picks to be able to find your next Nick Scott. You know, bona fide special teams contributor that can carve out a role by just being relentless on special teams. Like this is another D3 school, D3 liberal arts school, Baldwin Wallace University. That's who the Rams are meeting with. He's He was an All-American D3 school and multiple teams are in contact with him. Like, it was like the Chiefs, the Packers, like some high profile teams were actually in, con- in, in, uh, in contact with Anthony Kendall. So Baldwin Wallace University, look out. It's the school of defensive backs. Uh, Matthew Hemsborough, Nick, this is a long snapper. I mean, we're really, really digging deep into the bag here. This is um, 10 out of 10 uh, um, RAS score, a long snapper from Oklahoma State. Like, this is your Matthew Orzek replacement. You can yeah. get him undrafted. Probably He's probably a priority as an undrafted free agent. But, um, yeah, that's kind of what we're looking at. We're looking at replacing long snappers late in the draft. And then, Nick, Harrison Mevis and B.T. Potter. Okay. You take, take us through Harrison Mevis, and I'll take B.T. Potter. Okay. I, I'm glad you brought this up because I was about to bring up something else. Uh, Harrison Mevis, the thicker kicker, 5'11", 235, and has the most 50-plus yard field goals in school history. His long is 56, which he hit in 2021 and 2022. Um, let me just say one thing real fast. And yeah, I watched my, um, I watched my XFL uh, St. Louis Battlehawks this weekend, and – the kicker, Donnie Hagman, 
set a mm. league record with a 59-yard field goal for St. Louis Battlehawks yesterday. So going off our fans in the comments, uh, they do not want us to draft a kicker at all. <laughs> I, every other comment seems to be, for the love of God, stop talking about kickers. Um, so I don't think they're going to. I, I I think there's a chance with their last pick they they get somebody like this. But yeah, yeah. I also don't think it's worth the risk to get an unorthodox kicker. You know what I mean? Well, that's, that's Maybe, my question. You know? like, why do kickers have to be 5'11", 235, or 5'11"? 10 and 140 pounds. They have to know opera. They have to be, you know, uh, weird skinny guys like Justin Tucker. That's what I want yeah. from my yeah. kicker. I want Same. you to be unorthodox, uh, unorthodox in the traditional football sense. I don't want you to look like you can line up on the D line. No, um, no, not that I think not. this guy can at five eleven. But no, I think between uh, hey, if we're talking about not drafting a kicker or drafting a kicker with our last pick in the draft, Jake Moody and Harrison Mevis and BT Potter are would be our three selections. BT Potter, though, he looks like the backpack kid. I mean, from <laughs> from Ned's Classified School Survival Guide. <laughs> no, the kid that does the dance. Oh, the, oh, that oh, kid yeah. with the the thing on his whatever. He's the skinny kid that got famous. Uh, I think it was a, at a basketball game doing that dance. It's hilarious. That's what he looks like. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. The difference in the thicker kicker and the backpack kid is who you have a choice as, as your kicker. He was uh, Clemson's place kicker since 2019. So he's been there for 107 years. And he ended the season with a 52-yard field goal against LSU in the national title game back in 2019. He's got school records for career field goals with 73, uh, 73 total. And he has 50-plus um, yard field goals record with nine. He does have issues with his mid-range game and has missed all four attempts from 55 and beyond. So he's no Greg Delegnick. I'll take the kid who's kicking for the St. Louis Battlehawks over uh, over him. Donnie Hagman. Remember Donnie the Hagman. name. He sounds like he's a kicker like for the replacements. You ever see that movie with Keanu? Yeah. I thought you were yeah. talking about the um, the Disney TV show, The Replacements. But... Oh, no, 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 no. The good movie. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. That's so. That's what he reminds. Keanu Reeves is a quarterback. Just I could never, I could never buy it. I could never ever buy it. I'm sorry. Yeah, but he's good. He's a good lefty, and he can move. Go back yeah. and watch the replacements. Keanu Reeves got some like fundamental quarterback talent built into him. He's an I'll impressive method actor. I'll go back. Maybe yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's a really really good one. And uh, uh, who directs um, all the Avengers movies? Uh, Joss Whedon or no, is no. it? No, no, he directed Elf, directed the live action oh, line. Favreau, John Favreau. Favreau is the fullback. What? Oh, yeah. I love that. Go, go I see that movie. I haven't, yeah. yeah. Go, oh, yeah. go back and watch. Back. Go back and watch The Replacements. It is a great, great, great movie. Yeah. It's okay. up there with all the top, top tier football movies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the big board. We talked about how this is going to be a continuous, arduous process, as Les and uh, McVay say. Let, let's call it a sliding scale. Let's call it the big board. Let's call it maybe next Thursday. We'll do a mock draft. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's what, if that's what the people want, we could do a live mock draft. We do something fun. So yeah. um, guys continue to, uh, to ride along with us. We got more coming your way. The Rams in 2024, their cap situation, they just freed up 58.2 million in 2024 cap this season for like next year. that. I mean, primarily just by moving on from uh, Bobby Wagner and Leonard Floyd and Jalen Ramsey. No other team is even close to coming to that amount. And the teams that are second, 
most in terms of cleared cap for 2024 are the Titans at 28.5 million and the Eagles are in third. The only other team that has, has even increased their net cap um, at only 893,000. So every other team has lessened its cap situation and cap space in 2024 based on their moves this offseason. If you look at the total cap space for 24, the Rams are somewhat in the middle of the pack, but they've by far, far and beyond cleared the most cap space for 2024 so far based on the way that their cap was structured in 2023 and 2022. I, I do, just reading all of that, I do see a world where OBJ comes back Um and I think, you know, he takes like a team friendly deal, which he would have to, you know, that would have to be part of it, I think. Um, but he'd, he, you know, he'd stay in LA. He'd be playing for the Rams. He would, you know, be a, a pillar. I think he, he would be considered a pillar at that point. Um, they'd have to trade Robinson, I think. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think that's possible. Um, I think that's, Less possible than him going to like the Jets or some cool spunky new team because he probably just wants to you know try new things and put on a different helmet and Chiefs, yeah, oh Chiefs, Rams, so lame. Yeah, one. I mean, I was listening to it earlier today. Uh, Ari, my sports update uh, on Thirty Third Team and all these other sites. He is uh, he's fantastic. He was talking about how Chiefs one year deal similar to what Juju Smith just did where he kind of parlayed the one-year deal into a multi-year deal with with um, the New England Patriots. Makes a ton of sense. And then the situation with the Jets is all kind of like waiting on what Aaron Rodgers wants to do once he comes out of the darkness. Well, he, he made it very clear. Rodgers was like, I want to play for the New York Jets. It's just yeah. now, you know, now they kind of put him in a little bit of a – now that they know he wants to go there, it's like the, you know, they, the Packers don't want to give up a – or the Jets don't want to give up their first round pick, but the Packers are like, well, we're just looking right at you in the eye. And, you know, we know you want this guy and we want to get rid of him too. So it's a very yeah. weird thing. I don't, Why can't he just retire and then come back? I guess he wants all the money. Well, I mean, you cost, uh, it's the same situation Matthew Stafford's and you cost the franchise like over a hundred million dollars in dead money. Mm. So you put, you, you know, you put your franchise like in the pit of misery for at least five years. Because of uh, all the honestly, I, I feel like if a deal doesn't get done soon, he is not above that. No, no, I guess you're right. I oh. guess you're right. Hey, it's funny that you were talking about that you were talking about Rodgers and like quarterbacks coming out of their rookie contract. Like Jordan Love's going to be on his four, his fourth year. It's going to be the last year of his rookie deal. It's like he plays while you got to pay him. Imagine that yeah. situation. Yeah. Well, weird. Weird. Well, everybody. If you want to play some bets on some, you know, playoff sports coming up, why don't you do it at Bet Online? Live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long, always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, um, pickleball, XFL, brawl. Yeah. You want to watch me play Ribbit King Plus? I'll live stream it and you can bet on it. Head to <laughs> betonline.ag to, to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, receive your rewards. That's BLEAV. It kind of seems like believe, but it's spelled in a funky way. Bet online. That's where the game is going to start. Thanks for listening, everybody. Do not forget to. I knew that's where you were going with it. Like, like and subscribe. subscribe. Appreciate you guys. Go Rams. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this journey, guys. Horns up.